0: Verse one, now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and say to him, when you set up the lamps, the seven lamps that give light in front of the lampstand. And Aaron did so. He set up the lamps in front of the lampstand as the Lord commanded Moses. And this was the workmanship of the lampstand, hammered work of gold. From its base to its flowers, it was hammered work according to the pattern that the Lord had shown Moses. So he made the lampstand. Now notice the pattern had been shown to Moses. One of the things you have to understand is that Moses just did not sit around and dream all this up. There was a pattern because these things were copies. Paul teaches us in Hebrews. These things were copies of the heavenly. When we get to heaven, we're going to see heavenly lampstands. Now, these are just an image or a copy of them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell the Levites from among all the people of Israel and cleanse them. Thus you shall do to them to cleanse them. Sprinkle the water of purification upon them, and let them go with a razor over all their body, wash their clothes, and cleanse themselves. Then let them take a bull from the herd and its grain offerings of fine flour mixed with oil, and take another bull from the herd for the sin offering. And you shall bring the Levites before the tent of meeting, and assemble the whole congregation of the people of Israel. When you bring the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel shall lay hands on the Levites. So the people... Get my pen to work. The people laid hands on the spiritual leaders. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord. They are offered before the Lord. So the Levites were given. They were given to God as a wave offering from the people of Israel for the purpose that, there's the purpose they may do service, do the service of the Lord. Now, forgive me, but spiritual leadership has always been that way. I, I don't understand people who look upon the ministry as a job. You know, I hear people say, Well, you know, you know, this is the job, and we deserve this, and we deserve that, and we deserve this many days off, and we deserve this many, this, and this many, that, because this is our job. The ministry is not a job, it's a calling. Now, yeah, we, we take days off, please, don't get me wrong. But I I don't understand the heart of some young people because have you ever seen Jesus take a day off? The Lord neither slumbers nor sleeps. Have you ever, I mean, go through the Gospels. You find Jesus and the disciples trying to go get some rest, but not very successfully. On Shabbat, what was Jesus doing when everybody else was resting? He was preaching. On Shabbat, when everybody else was resting, what was Paul doing? He was preaching in the synagogues. Ah, See, maybe... Maybe we need to quit thinking about the ministry as employment and we need to begin to think about the ministry as the calling that we have been given to God. (laughs) That we may do service, the service of the Lord. Then the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the bulls and you shall offer one for the sin offering and another for the burnt offering to the Lord to make atonement for the Levites. Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the people of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Now that's, again, one of the things you have to understand about people called to the full-time ministry. The apostle said to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. Yeah, we belong to Jesus now. The Levites shall be mine. Ah, after that the Levites shall go in and serve at the tent of meeting, when you have cleansed them and offered them Offered them as a wave offering. For they are wholly given to me from among the people of Israel. Wholly given to me. Instead of all who open the womb. The firstborn of all the people of Israel. I have taken them for myself. Now, you know, you can look upon this as slavery if you want. Or you can look upon this as I belong to him. This is why Paul can write in Ephesians. He's taken captivity captive, and given gifts to men. And those gifts he listed as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. This thing that we do is is not a job, you know. I mean, this this thing that we do is not something that we do because you know when there's a problem in a preacher's heart, that's when they begin to think about. Well, what about my life? Well, what about my time off? Well, what about my rest? You know, now again, you can't take that too far because people are human and they need to sleep. And they need a day off from time to time or they need a rest, a Sabbath rest. But sometimes you want to get a hold of these young preachers and just say, we have been wholly taken. Captivity, as Paul says, has been taken captive and has been given to the people to serve. Beautiful. And I have taken the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel. And I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among all the people of Israel to do the service for the people of Israel at the tent of meeting and to make atonement for the people of Israel, that there be no plague among the people of Israel when the people of Israel come near the sanctuary. Thus did Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people of Israel to the Levites, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites. The people of Israel did to them. And the Israelites purified themselves from sin and washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them as a wave offering before the Lord. And Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. After that, the Levites went in to do their service in the tent of meeting before Aaron and his sons. As the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this applies to the Levites. From 25 years old upward, they shall come to do duty in the service of the tent of meeting. From the age of 50 years, they shall withdraw from the duty of service and serve no more. He asked the question, why at 50? Because of the work. I mean, please do this work. This was hard work. I mean, sometimes we think that these Levites just sat around and blew a little trumpet or played a little harp. You know, guys, they did all the sacrifice. Do you know how hard it is to cut up a bull and cut up a lamb and then offer it as a burnt offering? Think about the work involved in that. Think about cleaning the altar afterwards and washing the blood off all that area around the altar. Think of packing up the tent of meeting and carrying all that heavy gold. And there was a lot of heavy gold that had to be carried. Think about the hard work that these men had to put in. So, yeah. 25 years, their bodies are fully developed, their muscles are fully developed. By the age of 50, they're at the peak of their strength, but after that, the strength begins to wane. So, all right, the younger ones can come along because this was heavy, hard, physical work. They minister to their brothers in the tent of meeting by keeping guard, but they shall do no service. Now notice, those above 50, their job is to minister to their brothers by keeping guard. They don't carry things anymore. They don't do the hard work of the, the sacrifice anymore, but they, they do keep guard. But they shall do no service. Thus shall you do to the Levites in assigning their duties. Ah. So above 50, there was still work to do, but now it was lighter physical work. Chapter 9, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the people of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month at twilight, you shall keep it at its appointed time, according to all its statutes and all its rules, you shall keep it. So Moses told the people of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover in the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at twilight, in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So the people of Israel did. And there were certain men who were unclean, through touching a dead body, so that they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came to Moses and Aaron on that day. And those men said to them, we are unclean through touching a dead body. Why are we kept from bringing the Lord's offering at its appointed time among the people of Israel? Moses said to them, wait, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. Now, Moses was very wise. Moses listened before he spoke, listened to God. So, all right. I mean, this is, he said, man, I'm learning too. I got to go ask God. But Moses didn't try to act like a know-it-all. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel saying, if any one of you or your descendants is unclean through touching a dead body or is on a long journey, he shall still keep the Passover to the Lord. In the second month and the 14th day at twilight, they shall keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall leave none of it until morning nor break any of its bones. According to all the statute of the Passover, they shall keep it. But if anyone who is clean and is not on a journey fails to keep the Passover, that person shall be cut off from his people because he did not bring the Lord's offering at its appointed time. Notice the idea of bring the offering at its appointed time. That man shall bear his sin. And if a stranger sojourns among you, And would keep the Passover to the Lord according to the statute of the Passover and according to its rule. So shall he do. You shall have one statute, both for sojourner and for natives. He said, Hey, no bigotry here, no prejudice here. He said, If there's an alien among you, he said, Let them join you in the Passover. Let them join you in bringing an offering to me. Let them join you in serving me. God never taught bigotry and prejudice. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
1: will hold if you want to stand tall and if the truth were told take whatever you have inside and started breaking off some years of gold he said here boy today this gold is just right just pour it up for yourself but tonight i've learned it's true what my lola john used to say Keep it.
0: Our New Testament passage today is found in the book of Mark, chapter 14, beginning with verse 22. This is at the Last Supper. As they were eating, he took bread. So notice this is real bread. It is unleavened bread, okay, unleavened. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, said, take, this is my body. Now notice, Jesus did not break off a piece of his flesh and they ate it. He took a piece of bread. Now it's unleavened bread. Unleavened would mean without sin. Okay, leaven is a leaven. Leaven is like a type of sin. All right, yeast is like sin. There's no sin in Jesus's body, so he broke unleavened bread, and he said, "Take, this is my body." Now th- this did not become flesh in their mouth or something like that. The whole transubstantiation versus consubstantiation debate about communion. Jesus literally took a piece of bread. He broke a piece of unleavened bread and gave it to them and said, now take this and eat it. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. Now they all drank of one cup. Okay. Now I remember when I was a young baby Christian, we we gathered together and it was a very, very small church and especially among the college students, we gather together and we'd share one cup. Can you imagine that today in (laughs) COVID-19? So we we have all these little individual communion cups. That's fine. We're not violating anything. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Now, not all. For many. You see, not everybody's going to accept what Jesus did. Again, they drank the cup. Again, there can be no leaven in that cup. So it was either freshly squeezed out of grapes in the next room, or Jesus would some scholars believe that Jesus actually squeezed those grapes himself into the cup, and then they drank the freshly squeezed juice. Because there's a little bit of yeast in the in the skins. There could be no there could be no fermentation taking place in the in the cup that he served them, because there could be no leaven in that room. There could be no sin in his blood. Okay. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. They sang a hymn. So they sang a song at the end of service. (laughs) Okay. I think that's cute. They sang a song, they closed their meeting, and Jesus had preached a long sermon about They closed the meeting with a song. And then they went out to the Mount of Olives. Literally, they went to the garden. Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. This is always Satan's tactic. Satan's tactic. Satan always wants to strike the shepherd because then the sheep are scattered. And so I tell young pastors, you know, you're going to have to understand when you follow the call to the ministry, you got a bullseye in the middle of your back. The devil wants to do everything he can to destroy you because if he can destroy the shepherd, the entire flock will scatter. He said, but after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. So there's the promise. All right. He said, you're all going to fall away tonight. You're all going to. He didn't say betray me. He said, you're going to fall away. There is a difference between falling away and betrayal. He said, but I make you promise I'm going to go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to them, even though all fall away, I will not. (laughs) Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. This is called Great Heart, but no strength. See, there are times in our lives when our heart is right, but we don't have the strength to back up those words. That night, none of them had the spiritual strength to back up those words. In the face of the betrayal in the garden, in the face of that mob with clubs, swords, in the face of all of that. And especially Peter, in the face of Jesus healing Malchus's ear, they all ran away. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. So sometimes you need some private prayer. You know, sometimes it's nice to pray with all your friends. Sometimes you need to be alone. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. This is the inner court. And began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And notice, this is the beginning. Jesus did not live this way he lived with joy but now he began began to be greatly distressed and troubled and he said my soul is very sorrowful even to death remain here and watch so i mean please jesus knew what he was about to go through and he knew all of his life he'd seen people crucified on crosses okay He, he he knew the pain that was ahead of him he was no stranger to this 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 was not something that he had not thought about. Going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed. If it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. He came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch? One hour. Watch and pray. And here's a great truth. Watch and pray, so that you may not enter temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, now this is what we talked about earlier. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. Now, the solution to that is to watch. And pray. You know, if you know that you're going into a season of temptation, you watch and pray. (laughs) Oh, why? Because that's how you get the strength. He went away again and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. They did not know how to answer him. (laughs) What do we say, Jesus? We fell asleep again been a long day. They didn't have a word to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Not going to be. Is. It's done. It's here now. Now I want you to back up and just notice something. Jesus said, Abba, verse 36, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. God, you could do a whole new plan of salvation. You, you could turn everything backwards all the way back to Noah and start all over again. You could turn everything backwards all the way back to the Garden of Eden and start all over again. God, everything is possible for you, but not everything is your will. Now, now here is a truth you've got to get a hold of everything is possible. but we want God's will. Everything is possible, but not everything is God's will, beloved. So sometimes you go, you know what? This is something I just have to go through. All things are possible, but this is something that God wants me to go through. Just like the Apostle Paul had to go through the sufferings in Jerusalem in Acts 20 and 21. All things are possible, but this is something that God wanted him to do. Beloved, sometimes there are things that God just asks us to do. And you know it's gonna hurt and it's gonna be some suffering. But God asks us to do it. He said, rise, let's be going. My betrayer is at hand. Judas was coming. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve. So all right, Here's a little truth. Caution. When someone out of place arrives, <laughs> when somebody's out of place and they arrive, always be a little cautious. Why? Judas belonged with them, Judas should have been there with them but now he's gone and now he arrives. Always be careful when someone who belongs with you is suddenly absent and then suddenly arrives. And with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and scribes and elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, seize him and lead him away under guard. Now, why would they not know his face? You know, I think the thing that you have to understand is these guards that came, this crowd, this crowd was not G- a Jesus crowd. Now you got to understand, Israel's got over 100,000 people in it during these feasts, during that day. These people would have been hanging out in the temple courts with the Sanhedrin, With the chief priests, with the people that hated Jesus. So these guys probably wouldn't even recognize Jesus if he walked right by him on the street. So Judas had to go and go, you know what? These guys haven't been hanging out around Jesus. They won't recognize him. So I will go and I will kiss him. And they laid hands on him to seize him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword. This would have been Peter. We put the other gospels with him and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Okay, so this is the servant of the high priest. This is either Caiaphas or Annas because both of them were called high priests, but probably Caiaphas's servant. He sent his servant with them to report directly back to him. And he lost an ear. And Jesus said to them, have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. These are the apostles. They all left him and fled. But we also know that Jesus healed this guy as we put it with the other gospel accounts. She said, "What? why do you come to me with clubs and swords? I've been among you every day. I was... I was there today. I was there today in the temple courts until evening when we went to have the Passover supper. He said, so you know what, guys? Why do you come out and treat me like I'm a violent criminal when you know I've been among you every day? (laughs) All right. We're getting an understanding of Holy Week before Holy Week. Let's look at Proverbs now for a little wisdom. We'll close out today. We always like to close with a little wisdom from Proverbs. The hand of the diligent will rule leadership but the slothful will be put to forced labor the lazy I want you to understand something in this world today people want to be in charge but they don't want to work let me say that again people want to be in charge but they don't want to work Now, if you're going to be a leader you have to understand that the hand of the diligent will rule not the hand of the lazy. So, if, if you want to rise in leadership, you have to learn diligence, hard work. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You know, when, when people are worried, this is a good verse about worry. When you're worried, everything in you comes down. It it weighs it weighs you down. Just you're tired, you're discouraged. Everything in your physical body and everything in your soul comes down because you're worried. So what do you do when you see a person like that? A good word makes him glad. (laughs) You see somebody and their forehead is furled and they're worried. You walk alongside and you speak a good word to them. New Living Translation says, an encouraging word cheers a person. You just walk by, speak an encouraging word to them. Just walk by and say something good to them. It's amazing how a good word brings gladness back to the heart. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, you're gonna have to understand something. Wicked people lead people astray. A righteous person is a good guide. Now you have to learn to choose who guides you. Let's put it this way. Let's use the young people term. Who influences you? Who is the? Who are the influencers in your life? If you have a righteous influencer, you're going to go in a good direction. But if you have a wicked influencer, they're going to lead you astray. Whoever is slothful, lazy, will not roast his game. Okay? So... A person who is lazy does not take care of what they have. They're not going to roast their game. They they treat their possessions as if they're meaningless. But a diligent man will get precious wealth. New Living Translation says, but the diligent make use of everything they find. I like that. The diligent make good use of everything they find. In the path of the righteous is life, and in its pathway there is no death. There is no separation from God. In the path of the righteous, there's life. But wherever you find wickedness, you find separations taking place. They always want to separate people. But in the path of the righteous is life. All right. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you tonight, 630.